0: Warning, Warning. this This show show is rated M for melanin.
1: I don't want to equate value to someone's Black experience, but we have to realize that there's levels to Blackness.
2: Welcome to Blacklight, the podcast that keeps it light while talking Blackness.
3: We're your hosts, Sheldon, Jason, Warren, and Julian.
1: We're here
0: to cast Blackness in a new light from a fresh, finessed perspective.
3: Every episode, we examine a social issue or current event through an unapologetically Black lens.
2: The show exists because in today's media climate, the experiences and perspectives of color are often unseen or overlooked.
3: We wanted a place to share stories of Black people, by Black people, for all people,
0: This is that place. This is black light. Today's spotlight. Being black enough.
3: Now let's get into it. I did have an experience once with a, a good friend of mine and she told me, and she meant this as a compliment, that I was the whitest black person that she knew. And I think this is going to lead into a a bigger conversation. And I shut it down immediately. And (laughs) again, I guess it is, (laughs) I guess it's just in my nature, but I actually said, I think I'm pretty sure that I said, don't ever say that again. And then I actually proceeded to share with her why that wasn't okay. In that, there isn't a a gauge of or an amount of whiteness that makes a black person okay, and that's what she was saying. She was saying you're one of the good ones, or you're, you know, you have all of these. We have these similar characters and qualities. They're white. I might like, know we have which, s- which are, are good, right? We have these similar characteristics. That's it. Period. <laughs> that's it. We have similarities <laughs> and things in common. Period. Yeah, they have nothing yeah. to do with being white or being black. They just have. That's why we're friends. We have things in common. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, but I shut that one down, and her reaction. She was immediately apologetic, and immediately as she, like, should she be. was she was horrified because she didn't realize that what she said was so hurtful and that it was going to cause a reaction like that. She meant it as a compliment, and. <laughs> And that was... And I'm I, sorry, I just have to laugh. And I yeah. explained right. to her that...
1: No, you're white. You're, you're great. You're, like, you're perfect. White like snow.
3: No, just like me. <laughs> just like me. That's so crazy. You know, I said you're not black. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad, but... I don't see color. So that certainly happened. And, uh, you know, and when I shut that down and, and just said to her, you know, don't ever say that again. Uh, you know, there's, it's not a whiteness thing or a blackness thing. We just have these things in common. She was horrified. She apologized. I didn't make a big deal about it outside of that. I wasn't upset. I just shut it down. And then it was, I believe, a few days later, she actually came back to me. Either she texted me or or we were talking or something. And she just said, you know, I just want want you to know I, I really I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you in that way. And I, I didn't realize that what I was saying was so offensive. And I really appreciated that. That she took the time to just reflect on that and and it really it It was coming from a place of ignorance and it truly was also coming from a place of she was trying to create a a connection or a share, like a shared experience. But what she didn't realize was that by saying that I was the whitest black person that she knew that she was actually devaluing me Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. saying, Mm -hmm. you know, these other like who you are. Yeah. You know, let's just say the, like the, what I like about you is the things that I identify with as being white, which are better, which are better and so that had to that had to stop immediately so i think that just kind of talking about that we should jump into this idea of black enough mm. and what that actually means and if if at all if any of us have either felt or experienced that or heard that in Ooh, some way yeah And so- i think that we should go in order from lightest to darkest <laughs> <laughs> warren <laughs> All right. So on the subject of black enough, we were talking about what that means. If we've experienced that and someone made us feel that way, or we've even internalized that, am I black enough? What does that mean? And I said that I think that we should start with the, the hard question in this situation, which is what does it mean to us to be black? And I got a perfect example or definition
1: of what I think. Actually, it's not what I think. It's what Instagram thinks. because That's why I'm stealing it from. Okay. But it says, okay. All right. It says, being African African American is determined by your lineage. Being black is determined by your willingness to serve and defend black people. I was not expecting that.
2: (laughs) I was not expecting that either.
1: What does
0: Jason think? Wait,
2: do you have to be African-American to be black then?
1: (laughs) No, no. I think black is, okay, first of all, there's a whole universe of black, right? There's Saturn black. There's Venus black. There's a whole lot. So there's light-skinned black. There's, you know, bougie black. There's, you know, Southern poor black. There's a whole universe of black out there. I didn't always used to think that, but you know, I definitely, you know, there's just African black, there's, there's a beautiful universe of just black people and what is what I consider black. What I do not, I think where that, where that comment is kind of getting at is the people who are not black enough. And by not black enough, I think people who are not on the side of advancing black people the Clarence Thomases of the world. Some would say the Kanye Wests of the world, So who are actively... There's a lot to unpack here. There is a lot to unpack. That's why I said it. But, you know, (laughs) just just the people, you know, because there's just the people that, you know, some would consider, for lack of a better term, Orioles, somebody who is black on the outside, white on the inside. For real. Like, they don't... They actively seek to disenfranchise their own people, like an Uncle
3: Ruckus type. Uncle Ruckus, there you go. <laughs> there you go, Uncle Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Uncle Ruckus the, type, black but not black enough. Hmm. So oh, man, yeah. There's, there's but def- it's
1: also very hard. It's, it's you know, you got to be very careful when you are saying someone is not black enough.
3: You have to be really careful because we're not here to be very careful. We're going to dive right in. So let's let's let's, do it. Taking the hard hat off. (laughs) Let's break this down a little bit more here. So let's talk about uh, what it means to be African American because I think that that Uh. is. So we've got a lot going into just that, right? And one, I think that the African American experience is a, a uniquely different experience than all other experiences. It's it's not that there were no other people or people groups that were uh, subject to slavery, but in terms of kind of where we are right now and in terms of the environment that we live in, the African-American experience, especially when, when it comes, well, let me say this, let me be more specific. Okay. The African-American experience is a uniquely American experience. Mm -hmm. And in America, there is no other experience that's like the African-American experience. There are, other groups that have similar struggles there are other groups that, that have gone through similar things there's some overlap there for sure okay but it is certainly not the same thing so when you, you're not equating value already like our african-american stuff is no 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 I mean, no, no. you no, go I'm, through more stuff than I'm simp- a british african i'm simply saying okay. that the african-american story is different than other different. american okay. stories right. so for instance if someone is asian-american then that story is completely different Okay. where somebody is Irish American is completely different. And while there are overlap, certainly there's overlap there. It's not the same thing. And things that African-Americans face today that we face today um, are things that we have faced for since our families have been here, since our, our ancestors have been here. And so to talk about, what it means to be african-american it, it is a uniquely american experience to live in a country that is built on the backs of our ancestors to live in a society uh to go through institutions to try to navigate these different things is it's you it's uniquely american but it it describes the african-american experience um and to jason's point i don't think that there's like you said, there's there's not one shade, there's not one description of what that means. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to open it up in terms of is there are there qualifiers? So we say, okay, is you know, if somebody is half like if if one of their parents is black and the other is not black, do you consider them to be black? Do you consider them to be half black? Do you consider it to be black enough? Not black enough? These are all things that I have certainly experienced, um, even from my own family. And it's Some of it is more overt. Some of it is more subtle. Some of it is just questioning and understanding. You know, maybe someone uh, from my dad's side, which is my black side, you know, saying, you know, why do you sound the way that you sound? You know, you don't sound like us. We sound completely different. And I even, I remember I had to ask my dad that question, like, why do you sound the way that you sound? You don't sound anything like your family members. And there's a a whole story that we can uh, diverge into at some other point, but just the idea of. What that means, I know for me personally, just growing up in, and trying to understand my place in, in, in the world, uh, in, in the United States, and, and what the, the impact is to me and to others. And I think for me, one of the things that really helped me was to, one, to identify myself, and then to understand how others identify me, and then try to work and live in, in between those two spaces, Now, I think that that kind of tails off into another conversation about privilege and privilege being that when you don't have to do that, right? Mm. But then it really goes into that that place of what we are thinking about on a regular basis in terms of when I apply for a job, am I going to get an interview? Once I get the interview and they see me, could it go left? You know, I sound a certain way on the phone. A person meets me in person, Mm -hmm. is it going to be any different? When I go out tonight... Am I going to be the only black person there? Mm-hmm. Those are all things that are, are are very unique, I think, in in, in the African American experience. I'm not saying that other groups don't see and feel those things, but the culmination of all that, I think, uh, it adds it adds up to that experience. So I'm I'm gonna hold off on trying to pin down exactly what it means to be black or to be African American, but certainly those those experiences encompass that.
0: Yeah, just kind of piggybacking on it. I know for me. I don't know that I can really describe A, B, or C of what it means to to be black, at least for me. But I know that growing up, I remember that pretty much anything that myself or my family consumed, it was within the scope of there's the black person doing it, a uh, black person on TV, like they're doing it. You know what I mean? Mm. Used to grow up watching like Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And my, my family will always, you know, pull for the the, you know, the black contestant. Or that that sense of uh, pride, um, obviously, you know, family have, having a history of going to Howard University, mm-hmm. that was always something that was brought up. Oh man, you know, you know, they went to Howard. It's that sense of pride that you have. Uh, I remember also growing up. I think there was a specific, just a little bit delving into more of a backstory, real quick. Uh, I went to a predominantly white school. I grew up in a predominantly white area, in Montgomery County. So you know, I think my family kind of went out of their way. If they saw another uh, black student, the family would kind of make it known who the, uh, you know, their parent was and say, hey, like, we're here too, you know, like (laughs) we're in this together kind of situation. And so um, seeing that really uh, resonated with me, not that I felt that I had to do that, but it was just that that sense of pride, you know? Uh, And I think probably more more recently I... um, went with a friend to uh, uh, University of West Virginia and I remember like just going out in, in bars and stuff like that. As we walked from the friend's house outside you know off campus, we would walk into the town and we would see you know black people just walk in and either you know either the athletes or whatever. And so the friend that I went with and the group that we were with were all white. but you know as we walked past the black people, you know, they didn't really say anything to the white people, but they would look at me and acknowledge me, like nod to me. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, wow.
1: Which I feel like black people do all the Yeah, well,
0: that's like... a that's a cultural thing, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah. but at the same time, like being you could, but it, what it said to me is that like you're in the same group of these people, but I acknowledge you. That's the whole concept of acknowledgement being big in the mm-hmm. African American. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So, it's the, know, I see you. You are it's human. The, I see, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We're in this you know what together. I mean? And that wasn't <laughs> yeah. anything like. I think that was the first time that I really felt a concept. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, oh, something you read wow. in a book and you're like, oh yeah, let me just see how I can apply this. No, mm-hmm. I felt that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to me, just being African-American, one is that is, is that recognition uh, and and being able to, to see other people who look like you or may have a similar background.
1: So my experience was a little bit different uh, than, than the two of you. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in, in my family have kind of like, all shades of people. My mom tells me this story. When I was, like, four, you know, I was probably still, like, five foot six or whatever. And, um, I, you know, I went to my mom I was like, Mom, hey, why are all these black people in our family? She's like, boy, you all black. Like, my mom's like very <laughs> <laughs> a proud black woman. She got me straight immediately. So, ever since then, you know, I've had a strong, you know, identity with, with being black. I, it, kind of the total opposite of, of you, I went to a um, I went to um, Israel Charles Norcom. I-, I see Norcom in Portsmouth, Virginia, which has a rich tradition, only black school that people um, could go to in the South. So it has—it's almost mm-hmm. like a college. And then for college, I went to the fourth largest uh, historically black college, Norfolk State University. Stand go up, you.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, behold the green and gold. And so you know, I—I I lived a very black experience, but. You know, I was also, you know, super light-skinned. <laughs> I was, I'm lighter than my mom and, and my dad. So I was like the lightest person usually wherever I, I went, you know. And I'll, actually, I'll never forget, like, when I was in high school, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, just I'm you know, I'm in community. I'm, I'm about, you know, black empowerment and all this stuff. My mom really instilled that into me. And I remember this girl. She, she's actually uh, my Facebook friend, but I, I'm not going to call her out. Yeah. She's like, hey, yeah. She's like, you know. Jason, you are Monica, she was light skinned as well. She's like, you know, y'all, y'all not like black black, but y'all cool. And it was the first time that I felt, other than the, when I was four and I thought I was white, <laughs> <laughs> that I felt lesser than. Like I felt less black than everybody else. You know, I was mm. just so. But you know, other than that incident, I felt always very comfortable around my people. You know, very. I just grew up in a in a black setting, probably more than, than most people. And I've always felt, you know, that level of comfort. But also was into different things than a lot of people that were my peers. You know, I'm into wrestling. I'm into comic books. You know, quote unquote white people shit. That people which is not white people shit by the way. It's every people's thing. But, you know, I mean, and I wasn't I wasn't into sports at all. Which almost made me like you a still freak. aren't. I still aren't. Which made me like a freak. You know, it's just like you don't. You don't. You know. Then I would always get the comments. You don't play basketball, which I hate it. I I just. It's one of the reasons I don't watch. I have until I actually met y'all. I never watched basketball because I hate it. People stereotyping me and saying like, like Born, no, like, feel you. Like no, motherfucker, I'm in school. Like I, I'm smart. Like like oh, that's cute. So when you go start playing basketball, like, like I'm 30, right? You know, I'm 40. <laughs> I mean, almost. it doesn't I, help. I, I'm you. not going to get into the NBA anytime soon. Look, so. man,
0: you're six six. I mean, people are confused. You out here confusing it is, But
1: it's what? what why, I'm. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that I got that question more because I was black and I always hated that to my soul i still sort of hate it i just roll with it now you know i i don't care as much but yeah i don't care as much but um yeah that that was pretty much my experience and why i'm an angry black man
2: so for me i think it's again a totally different story than everything that's been shared thus far being as light as i am but growing up in a very white area I was always looked to to be the black person, but they always had an out whenever anything that I did didn't directly make sense when it came to what their thought of what a black person Mm -hmm. does or thinks or says was like, because they could just go, well, Warren, you're black. Well, well, you're not really black. And then fill in whatever didn't make sense to them based on their image of who black people were. And I got that starting as soon as people were old enough to stop watching Sesame Street, because Sesame Street does a good job of just treating black people like people. Um, huh? What a concept! Imagine that. You know. But as soon as people started watching shows and and seeing how the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is very different than a show like Step by Step, and and the way that people interact is different on those shows. Both great and, shows,
1: by the, uh, the way. I, I love Step by
2: Step. Uh, Tgif. There you uh, go. go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as that started happening, I started getting the, like, well, well, yeah, you're black, so such and such. Well, you're not really black, so such and such. Mm. Uh, And that that started maybe fourth grade, third grade, somewhere in there. And I got that all the way until now. Um, That's pretty much everybody's get-out-of-jail-free card when they don't understand why I like the music I like or... I like the shows that I like, or I don't play basketball. I'm 5'11". I don't have an excuse like I'm 6'6". Uh, <laughs> 6'5". for For why people come to me and say like, Hey, do you play basketball? I'm like, no. Now, I, I'm i a regular height. I'm a, I'm a very normal height. There's nothing about me that, that says, You play basketball, probably, un- unless you're looking at my color. And then if they if I say no to that they say do you play football and I'm like I don't understand how we went from basketball to football unless you're just looking at the amount of the like percentage of people that are black and brown that play in the NBA and wow. the NFL and going back to the the topics and the concepts around like black and african american I actually really struggle with the term african american because to me it it's a very Othering kind of verbiage to say that your race is your nationality. Africa is is a continent. Uh, America is a continent that has nothing to do with my racial background necessarily. I Can have, explain that. I have friends okay. that are African American, mm. literally, and they are white as hell because they're from South Africa. Right. That that's a a national description or a or a. Like a where I came from description. That's not a description of my coloration. Black to me is a racial description. African-American to me is a a description of of national origin. We call Asian-Americans Asian-American. And we call black people African-American. To me, just to other them from being white people who are just Americans. We don't call... White people, white Americans. We call everybody else some if you ask descriptor. Ask any white
1: person what they are. They will tell you. Oh, they will gladly tell you. Every, every Italian, fraction. Jewish.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm part German, but Russian. Half, like, yeah. Down to the percentage. Yeah. But, you know? yeah.
2: but we have, yeah, but we, we I mean, have we, to ask yeah. about that, right? It's not a descriptor that Saint we Patrick's label Day. them with immediately. And they usually don't say, I'm Irish American. They usually say, like, well, yeah, my dad's Irish mm-hmm. and my mom's uh, such and such and such and such. Yeah, I mean, they may say, that. oh, I'm I'm just American. And if they do say Irish-American, it's usually because their parents came here from Ireland. Like, Like, we're talking one or two generations. I know Julian and myself, the family tree goes back to, what, 1849? Yeah. And we're still in this country, and that's where we lose it inside of slavery? Like, we are as American as you could possibly be on the black side. I don't understand how we need to label ourselves anything other than american when it comes to national origin i think if we're talking about our experiential like the way that we walk through the world that to me is where i labeled myself black because when mm. people look at me they treat me as a black person until they need to get out of jail free card which is when they say well you're not really black so i consider myself black i don't consider myself half black because black to me is the way that you walk through the world yes i'm mixed Mm. i'm definitely mixed and i also walk through the world as a mixed person Mm -hmm. but i am to me a black person and that's really hard to to tell people without talking about it for like 30 minutes
3: yeah i mean that's a complex thing to break down especially if somebody hasn't experienced that or they're thinking well which do you typically that's the next question Well, which do you identify with more Right and then so th- and then that's the the determining factor. this is how I will now. Which box would you check? like which one box would you
2: check? would you pick are only you black one
3: or mixed uh, which one comes with the benefits?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know which one that one is okay that box is it depends on it depends on what you're filling out. Are you filling out an application uh, <laughs> for a, a job are you filling out an application that for are a important grant financial are you filling out yeah. an application for FAFsa? like yeah. what are you filling out?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, that'll that'll spark that that experience that we had when we when we dove into uh, affirmative action. We'll have to come oh, back gosh. to that at another time, but definitely worth diving into. So, I mean, it sounds like we shared that experience or or the initial experience of of what it means in terms of and defining you know African American, black, and what that means, and then some experiences of when we felt or been made to feel either not black enough. And then there's another spectrum of when we use the term like too black. Hmm. What does that mean? And um, Well, that's
1: personally a term I've never used. Like, ooh, too but, black. Too but but I black, too get black.
3: the I, I <laughs> well, oh, well. When one of those yeah. when keeping it
0: real
1: goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See <laughs> The invention I know, I, of petty, it yeah, yeah. But actually,
3: yeah. I mean, even in in jest, the idea there, or not, this is not in jest, but we say that in jest. But the idea there is that there is some sort of pent up aggression, or there's some sort of pent up anger, and to be able to to let that out is just a normal thing because people get angry. But then when a, a black person does it. Okay, where well, you are being a little too black? Too black. <laughs> on, I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need you to <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pump the brakes
0: on the blackness real quick. And... That's because
2: society's scared of black rage just in general. Every time every time you see an image of a black person on screen, unless it's heavily caricatured, like Urkel, mm. you're seeing a a strong uh, and and muscly or a a very uh, like suave and seductive black figure. There's there's those two figures that you see until Obama came on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's either this person has a lot of muscles and a lot of friends and or guns and or mm-hmm. you know drug money or this person is is the kind of person that walks into the room and all of the white women just start swooning and their their hands get clammy and they they have to figure out who this person is, right? Like those were the two images that we saw. And so as soon as a black person gets angry in a situation, your mind goes, mm, "That's the wire." Mm. Mm. There goes Omar. Omar. <laughs> there goes Omar. Or if, Omar a black, <laughs> if a black man and a and a white woman stand in the corner just talking one-on-one by themselves, it's immediately like, "Oh, I I think I saw that movie." He's seducing her right now and she is uh man, being manipulated saving? by by the the just the pheromones that are like exuding from this man
0: his colored charm. So uh, uh Warren you mentioned <laughs> something a little bit earlier uh well I just just in reference to you know Fresh Prince and it really kind mm-hmm. of brought me back to a time growing up in in once again a predominantly white area you know that show in particular, at the age that I was at when it was really going on, and, and uh you know, regular run, really reinforced me being proud to be black. Did you guys have that either moment or a show or something that like you know you can really really hold your head high in certain circumstances?
1: Yeah.
0: What, what, Family what was matters. that for you? Family matters. Okay.
2: Yeah. Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. The Cosby Show. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. I learned a lot from the Cosby Show. Yeah. Oh, a different about how world. Families are supposed to be mm-hmm. about mm. how everything is funny mm-hmm. uh, if you look at it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they were just living life. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't as crazy caricatured as as everything that Will Smith does mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> as the Fresh Prince. Like, he walks into a room, and no one walks into a room that way. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I
1: I felt like I was living a black sitcom, so it was like nothing <laughs> that I saw on TV that mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, where the good, bad, or indifferent that I didn't yeah. to see in my community. I had, you know, great examples of black men and black women and, you know, had the opposite end of the spectrum. So, you know, yeah, there was nothing, nothing ever that I just... It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is my example. This is how I, you know, should act or or be. I, I would see characteristics that I liked in a certain character that gravitated towards. But, you know, I had plenty of examples in my in my own life because I just kind of yeah. was living the like, experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I um I was never it was never pointed like, oh, you have to watch these shows, but I just noticed that I naturally gravitated toward the uh, once again, like the like in Living Color, you know, I didn't watch Beverly Hills 90210, but I watched In Living Color. I watched both. I watched Living Single. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I watched uh, was it New York Undercover? You know all those shows. Don't tell me, to, Jason. Oh, don't tell. Oh me. no,
1: I'd I watched them. all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking about something else. You <laughs> <Yeah.
0: know. laughs> but it's just all that you know, <laughs> I was like thinking of Regina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, it was those, it was those Martin. You know, all those shows and Kim Fields. Like,
1: yeah, you look oh, so confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. young, y'all. <laughs> You were probably like eight watching that shit. <laughs> oh, hey, really? Warren, Warren's hit. Look, I mean, I'll he was you, young. I, I, look, I, was I mentioned, I was mentioned a young. different.
0: I mentioned a different world, and so back when a different world, the was the greatest going on,
1: show of all. But time. I didn't, So I
0: didn't. I didn't watch it back then because <gasps> yeah, that was like eighty nine, ninety. I was like, I was like, you know, oh, like five. Yeah, I was. Yeah. But I watched it. I watched it a couple Jeez, of years ago. 20. I watched
1: it a couple of years. Ago. <laughs> I was in college. I was living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah You true. were living. I knew Whitney. Twenty. Whitney. I was Dwayne. <laughs> but I tell you what, man. I watched. I watched
0: season. It was only five seasons. I watched seasons one through five a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but
1: and man, it is. It it's was a, the greatest it's show a, It's I a, had a tremendous, tremendous show. show. Not only did it have Jada Pickett Smith, had Tupac in an episode, and Boys and yeah. Men on the last two years of the show. I mean, yeah. it was great. It was the greatest. But that it was you
0: know. And, you know, I, I question as to whether we'll see a show like that uh, yeah. anymore.
2: Well kind of I getting don't know back we to the, see yeah. shows like that in Well, the general. format's
0: completely... Right, in general. Because there's, there's
2: no And they were also first.
1: So, you know, it'll hit a little different if, you know, you have that same kind of show, which they actually... I can't think of the name of the show, but, you know, when you try to have that black college experience, I mean, that was the first. That was the first yeah. time you saw all these, you saw a black nerd really for the, uh, that wasn't like a character like Steve Urkel and, mm-hmm, and Dwayne. Mm-hmm. You had Whitney, this Southern debutante, you know, she, Hampton girl. And you just had all these awesome, different universes of black yeah, people mm-hmm. that you just didn't see. And they ev- evolved as, as characters. And, oh man, you know, that out of all the shows that you kind of mentioned, that was the one that just, one, maybe want to go to college. And yeah, have yeah. those experiences. And, have, I mean, college wasn't quite like that, you know. But, <laughs> you know, so it was more partying <laughs> Hey, but twerking. for the people who watched that and didn't go to college, that was college for them. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. but it's, I think yeah. it inspired generations of young African-Americans to go to college. So, yeah, yeah. great show.
2: Yeah. I think we have a bunch of shows that are like that. But they're just not targeted to us specifically right now because of where we are in life. Like, blackish or grownish. Mm. Uh,
1: that's where i was going with the because they kind of talk about the the college experience but it's a lot different right well
2: college is a lot different now true yeah Um, you also have shows like dear white people right exactly yep great show which Mm -hmm. are perfect examples of what you were which is kind of in a different world vein but it takes it you know and it also talks about it also talks about the different worlds of blackness yeah in terms of how they all walk through the world yeah each episode which is really really neat yeah Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, kind of getting on that topic of the universe of black people, you know, I will just, I just want to say that there, I don't want to equate value to someone's black experience, but we have to realize that there's levels to blackness, right? There's poor black that grew up in the South, that grew up with racist ass white people all the time. There's another, you know, maybe DMV black that grew up around more white people and asian people a more diverse wokish culture and it's just it's just very different and not that anyone is any experience is more black some experiences may be more common you know i i don't know how common uh, Sheldon's situation is with with other black folks as opposed to like my experience where i you know went through a predominantly Black experience until the last 10 years.
3: Yeah, my, my experience was certainly different than most because that, I mean my, my dad was in the army in the military soon one and moved around a lot when I was growing up and that also meant that wherever I had to go, wherever I went, I had to learn to uh, meet and interact with new and different types of folks. There wasn't a specific group of people that were just around all of the time. So that coupled with my uh, my parents, my mom being white, my dad being black, and experience with my extended family that certainly laid the groundwork for my experience. Uh, I want to kind of talk a little bit about that more, but then also jump into uh, and open up the conversation about when when I first learned that I was black mm-hmm. and what that meant. And for me, that was I still remember this when I was uh, when I was young, maybe six or seven. My dad, he and uh, one of his friends, they owned a small jewelry store. And, yeah. And there was – so a lot of times like after school, like I was there. Like I was just there not doing anything, doing homework, just kind of hanging out, whatever, whatever. And I remember one time I was in the the back room just hanging out, reading or doing some schoolwork. And I remember my dad – I found this book and it was on the civil rights movement. And it was like – it was filled with pictures And so I think I was just starting to read like on my own and my dad saw me looking at the book and then we, he started telling me about it. And then this is when he basically, this was like when we had the talk and he sat down and basically explained, Hey, like, (laughs) Hey, you're black. (laughs) And I was like, I remember we went through this book and I'm looking at the different pictures and the different captions and you know, the, the fire hoses and the dogs and people marching And these things and my six or seven year old brain, it just could not Mm wrap, couldn't wrap around this. Like what is going on? Like everything that I could know is, is not the same. And I just remember the question that I asked was, but, but why do they hate us, daddy? Why do they hate us? And that was what I took away from that experience is that now all of a sudden I have to go through the world knowing that this group of people hates me. Mm. And that was like that was my first foray into that, but then again, living, um, growing up in in the, in the military family and moving around a lot, there was just so much diversity that there wasn't a lot of opportunity for that to specifically set in, because I had so many different types of friends and visited so many different places. It wasn't actually until I got to probably high school when I actually started to experience some pushback on that and see some things. So maybe especially uh, entering into the dating world, trying to figure out who I like and whatnot, and then finding out certain people's parents wouldn't be okay with us dating and things like that. And then that was around the time when I realized, okay, I actually have to address this. Like this isn't something that I can sweep under the rug. I can't just, you know, this affects me. I thought, I thought, you know, maybe if I ignored it or, maybe pretended that what it didn't exist, then it would sort of go away. But it was at that time that I realized, okay, I need to face this head on and start ha- trying to better understand who I am and where what my place is in the world, but then also understanding how other people see me. And so that led to a lot of very difficult thoughts, conversations with myself, with others, um, and ultimately coming to a place where just really identifying, and this is something that I still work through, like I self-identify as being mixed, but I understand that the world sees me as a black man, mm. right? I also identify as being black man. So it's it's interesting and it's not – sometimes I, I feel like I, I play all sides if there are sides to be played in that I can be whatever someone needs me to be at a given time. And for better or for worse, like if they if they need – and this isn't a okay. I'm going to turn on the black, or I'm going to turn on the white. It literally is what characteristics do you need? And typically, I am looking for those things and what other people are doing, and then try to mirror that back to them. So for me, it's never an idea of okay, this person is to this or to that. It's just whatever you're giving me, I'm going to give back to you. So that's kind of kind of my experience with that, and 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 really finding out or or being told, hey, this is. This is how people will see you and treat you in the world. Prepare for this. And I mean, I know we can talk about probably each one of us had a similar either conversation, whether it was specifically about um, the way things are in this country, or if it was, uh, we need to talk about the police, which I know that we will talk about in another another episode. Uh, Yes. And how to protect your black body, black preservation, and how to make sure that you make it home. and. Boy, I mean, that's a, a whole conversation Absolutely. unto itself, but I'll open with that in terms of my experience and, and if we want to continue to share or, or talk about, you know, what those things meant or have questions about that. Let's do that too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I do want to jump in and, and, um, that's, that was really profound. And I think this is probably something that I'm going to listen to again and probably be more moved too. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's a really profound, like, why, why do they hate us? That's like to sit back and like, I get goosebumps when I hear that, mm. man. For me, when I, I guess you could say, when I learned that I was black, it was more in a in a, um, a scolding way, right? In the sense that in school growing up, you know, I was a follower. I, I wanted to just be with the cool kids. The cool kids always had the you know funniest jokes, and they always you know wore stuff that I wanted to wear, and this and that. So I rode the bus to school, right? You might some of you guys might know where this is going, but I rode the bus to school. And where did the cool kids sit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sit in the back of the bus, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And uh, I just remember it. So you know, in the school year uh, went along. I'm I'm trying to establish myself. You know, trying to find where I belong. You know, not necessarily in the consciousness of like where I belong as a black person, because I didn't really quite know uh, what that was all about yet. But uh, you know, my 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 grandfather. I mean, you know, Warren and I are cousins. We share a grandfather, and and uh, so my grandfather was really the, uh, I guess, the patriarch of of the family that I grew up in, and just having a conversation one day from school and my grandfather was like oh so uh you, where do you ride in the bus and was, oh yeah you know the cool kids you know they, they ride in the back of the bus and and so he he stopped he's like look cold I, yeah right i don't want you ever to ride in the back of the bus ever you don't ever ride in the back of the bus and i'm just like you know i was like whoa man like yo you back up off me grandpa what are you talking about you know I don't know if I asked him why, but, you know, he gave me, he gave me an answer anyway. And he was just like, because there was a time where that was the only place that people that look like you and me could ride, take advantage, take advantage of, of, uh, You've you been know, a
3: two step all over the front. Yeah. Yeah. Bus. Yeah. <laughs> he, you
0: know, he didn't tell me to switch it up, but he just pretty much said like, I don't want to hear that you ride in the back of the bus. Yeah. That's not, not I mean, something,
3: you know, very deep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is too. And, and, um, and so, I mean, it, you know, obviously, I didn't think of it, and I continued to ride in the back of the bus, but yeah. You know. <laughs> uh,
3: Fucking progress. Yeah. But also,
0: <laughs> uh, another thing, too, uh, uh, another thing, too, I remember I was probably in about fourth or fifth grade. Man, I
3: thought that story was really going to end with, and I never I rode in the, the back bus, of the bus. Yeah. Ever again. I made sure from that day forward.
1: The <laughs> well, joke's
0: on you. I got a car now. So No, I'm just kidding. That's, when people who ride the bus, man, I love y'all, man. And I've written the bus. smalls did not die for this. Say Sad. <laughs> A small story I want to follow up with, too, is I, I was in uh, fourth or fifth grade. And, uh, you know, growing up, I was a big Washington Redskins fan. One of my favorite players, Art Monk, number 81 for the Washington Redskins. And uh, Christmas time was coming up. I was like, oh, man, you know, I asked my mom, mom, can you get me this uh, this jersey, this Art Monk burgundy 81 jersey? Man, I was like, "Man, we, we went to Macy's and we saw it. I was like, man, please, I really want this. Oh, yeah, whatever. So my mom or Santa, one of the two, I don't know, they may be teamed up or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they blessed me on Christmas with that 81 jersey. I was like, man, man, I can't I can't wait to wear this, you know, as I opened it up on Christmas Day. And, of course, my grandfather, stern as he is, is like, you, you know you're not going to wear that at school, right? <laughs> I was like, stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you're not wearing that at school. I was like, but all the kids are wearing it at school, like wearing their jerseys at school, you know? He's like, you know, I don't want you to go to school. I don't want them to see you. As an athlete, I don't want them to see that that's all that you can offer them. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, you're you wearing a jersey, a football jersey. You 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 can be more than a football player. Now, keep in mind, it's just like Howard Howard University educated, proud, you know, engineer, and you know, and it's only until recently that I've really really thought about that too. As one of the few black people in the school, I wasn't really aware about how I was viewed by other people, and so I understand where he come from. I might not necessarily agree agree. But uh, I see where I saw where he was coming from, and that that's just something that really stuck with me, man. So that is one thing I didn't do. I didn't wear that jersey at school, and I was I'm still <laughs> still bitter about he rode it. rode in but. the back of the bus, but not with that jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Some things you can hide, and other things are really hard to keep hidden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, Grandpa's experience—like, I can't even imagine it. You know, fighting in World War II when he was like eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm and And being shipped all over the world, fighting on two fronts, yeah, where everybody else only fought on one, but they sent the black platoon to you know not back home but straight to another location to keep fighting mm-hmm. and then come back and and not have the country take care of you like you're you're one of their own that's crazy, yeah, uh, and then spend another twenty years legally not being equal, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. M- Much less actually being, you know, treated equally in the nation. We we talk about racism and and systemic problems and uh, the civil rights movement like it was a hundred years ago. Oh no, uh, and it wasn't. It was really recent. Yeah, um, we're
3: talking like two people ago. Right we're not like, even talking two whole two people humans ago. ago.
2: Like my dad was born in
3: 53.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. He was 11 <laughs> during all of the, the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. He told me a story that, to to bring it back to what we were talking about before. Uh, I don't remember how old I was when he told me this story the first time, but he told it to me a few different times. Um, he was riding in the car with, with grandpop and they got pulled over and interrogated by a police officer. There was nothing wrong. The police officer let him go. But during the entire interaction, the police officer consistently referred to my grandfather as, as boy. And my dad, being a young kid, did not understand why Grandpa would be referred to as boy Mm. when he's an adult. And grandpop had a hard time explaining why that was, why that was common practice and why that was a thing. And that, that really stuck with my dad. And he made sure to tell me that story a few different times, just as like his explanation that, you know, one, we live in a very racist, uh, racially biased nation in general. And, and two, no one really understands why they do what they do or why white people hate black people, but you're going to interact with it and you've got to be able to deal with it in a way that gets you home safe.
0: Yeah. I think in all the stories that we, we we talked about, there really is a whole lot to just kind of unpack. And I think in a lot of ways, it's situations that we've dealt with that we haven't really like, Maybe appropriately dealt with, Mm. you know. It's just things that we come to accept, as opposed to just
3: go
2: through. Right,
0: you know what I mean.
2: There's so many. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, I can't spend the amount of time like to to briefly touch on a a situation that happened. Sheldon and I got pulled over while parked legally yes. in front of yes. Sheldon's apartment. Which we will talk apartment. about in long form, right?
0: definitely, but yeah. We
2: got, we got pulled up, o- quote unquote, pulled over <laughs> when we were parked legally in front of Sheldon's apartment. And I know it took me at least a few weeks to most of the way deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of dealing with that situation going, why did they feel the need to do that thing? And... Why did they interact with us in this way? And and what could I have done? Like, how unsafe was I in that moment? Mm. Mm-hmm. Realistically, like, what was the percentage that I was going to make it out okay? Uh, and obviously, I made it out okay. But does that mean that I, I got lucky? Mm. Or does that mean I, you know, I had the normal interaction and there was only a 5% chance that I was going to get unlucky and not walk away from that? So... All of that is me trying to deal with the idea that doing something normal put me in danger mm. and I don't think I have enough time to deal with all of the racist experiences that i've I've had or that I have within a year so that I can start the next year fresh right i, I don't I don't have that bandwidth so I, I think we all have just a bucket full of of experiences we haven't dealt with yet. And we're never going to be able to deal with Absolutely. because we keep yeah. adding to that bucket.
3: We should do something like a like a thought exercise or maybe even actually a real exercise where we talk about or or We dive. should just exercise. Just exercise. <laughs> but um, all, of the, all of the experiences that we have throughout a normal day that we just don't have time to deal with. Mm. Uh, the thoughts that go through your head. Because these are very real things because these are preparations that we make to step out into the world, to face the world on any given day. I know for me, uh, I'll just I'll run through a quick timeline. So when I wake up in the morning and when I'm getting ready to leave my place, the first thing I do when I, o- when I open the door, it's also because I live in D.C., but when I open the door, I don't just walk out. I look out first. <laughs> 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 and I make sure that everything is cool. <laughs> but then if I'm driving to work that day, when I get in my car, one of the first things that I think is, okay, I'm driving. Let me make sure that I don't look suspicious in any way. I don't want to get pulled over. Then – uh, when I get to work, uh, I park my car, I go into the building. Now, and, and I work, uh, the building that I work in is a, is a nice building downtown. So, my thought is always, uh, is somebody going to stop me as I walk into the building? And I'm always thankful that the person who works at the front desk is black. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> so, take what you will from that. And we'll keep going. Then, once I get into the elevator, of course, if it's me and another person and it's just the two of us, I always try to give them as much friendly space as possible. So where they know that I'm not blocking the door, uh, that I'm not here to intimidate them in any way, that I'm simply just going up the elevator to head to work. Now, the other person is probably not considering any of these things, right? But these are real things that are going through my mind, whether it's just a quick flash or, oh, that's right. Oh, let me move out of the way here. Let me not do this. Um, I do have similar feelings or similar experiences uh, if I am walking. And there is, this is slightly different. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But um if i'm walking like in public and there would be like a woman in front of me um especially if it's a white woman i'm like okay do i what what type of distance should i keep here should i be closer should i be further away i don't want to be too close hmm. but i don't want to be too far away they're like um do i cross the street if she crosses the street do i get upset <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> how much Just, eye contact is how, too much right. eye contact
1: mm and it just becomes a normal part of existence mm-hmm. you know you know where you don't even really and, think
3: about it you know and i but i've i've had to start reflecting on it because there have been times when i have e- even overthought situations and i thought that somebody was either trying to slight me or say something when they really weren't and a good example was uh, the last time that we were up in new york and uh, we went up there we were having a great time we decided to go to the karaoke bar and uh Warren and Jenica were already there. And so I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to meet up with friends. That was the only thing that I was thinking at the time. We'd have been having a great night. Get to the door, and the first thing the guy asks is, Do you guys know where you are? And I was thinking to myself, Yeah, I use Google, you dumb motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <right."> <laughs> like, know exactly where I am. And then he asked what we were doing there. And I'm thinking fuck you man I'm here to meet my friends like what the fuck does it matter what like why, why do, you do care why do hmm. I need to provide you with the reason why I'm here I had this, no
0: idea that happened
3: right so I was triggered and so much so I was so heated that and I could see the guy like when we got in there I was so upset afterwards I actually I, I can't help myself I went up to him <laughs> and I said, I even, I put, my, and I shouldn't have done this, but I put my hand like on his shoulder, like just kind of like to bring him into the conversation. But I was very firm. And I just said, Hey man, that shit that you did at the door, don't ever do that to anyone ever again. And he goes, Hey man, I, I'm so, what?" and I was like, see, Jesse, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then he goes, it's my job to make sure that people know where they're going when they come to the door. Like if, if they have a private room or if they're going to the bar. And I was like hmm <laughs> fuck <laughs> the like, homer simpson into like, the this, bushes this has just enough validity to it where i may have been the asshole in this scenario <laughs> but it speaks to a larger point which is that these are the things that i am thinking about on a regular basis yeah. someone a- someone asking me these normal questions like what are you doing here or do you know where you're going and i'm thinking why would you ask me if i know where i'm going and in in a totally valid response could be I'm trying to be helpful, but a totally another response could be I don't think that you should be here or you don't look like you belong mm, here, mm-hmm, and that's certainly mm-hmm. what I internalized in that situation. Wow! And yeah. I don't know I don't know what the intention was. I know how I interpreted it, and when I thought back on, I thought, mm, "Damn, did I overreact in that right. situation?" And I honestly, or I could don't just know. be lying too. I yeah. mean, you never know. No, <laughs>
2: I was just doing my job, man. <laughs> I I think it's it's incumbent upon us which sucks to react well in these situations um even when the impact of somebody else's statement is just like egregious offense mm. but that's that's like the part of being black because the other person can throw up their hands and say how was i supposed to know that would affect you in any way by me asking like, Hey, do you know where the fuck you are? Or mm-hmm. like, "Are you're not supposed to be here. Like, are you sure you're, you're coming inside? Right. Uh, those are, those are statements that may be asked differently to other people. Mm-hmm. And the idea that a person of color might, when you use that statement on them, feel a certain way, like is a is a real thing, and, and people that are doormen should start to realize that that's something that they should use to affect their language when they're talking to people mm-hmm. of color. And maybe they just need to use it to affect their language on how they talk to everybody. Because yeah. <clears throat> as soon as you start to systematize across all groups of people, then it it gets to be a little bit easier to say, this is how I treat people, and I treat them respectfully.
3: Yeah. Right. And as I think about it more, I mean that situation could have easily been avoided if he was a hey guys, here for some karaoke tonight. Right? Mm. Right. Now it's a question of just want to make sure you know that this is a karaoke bar, which is totally cool, right? Because sometimes you walk in like, Why aren't people singing? Yeah. And but Or that- just welcome.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> hey Welcome. Right. What a nice Do novel you guys idea. know where you're going? Yeah. Right? As soon as you say welcome do you guys know where you're going? It's mm-hmm. a totally different context. As opposed to do you know where you're going?
0: Do you know where you're going? Do you know mm-hmm. where you are? Right. Which you said. That's what you said. Do you know where you are? Not do you know where you're going? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So, because I, I just certainly remember my my thought being, I, why would I need to explain where I am or where I'm going? I'm here to meet up with friends. Like That's all that, as a matter of fact, you don't even need to know that. <laughs> it, right. it shouldn't it's matter. Not your business. <laughs> Either way, I'm here.
0: My money's green, <laughs> just like yours. i <laughs> I'm here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, usually <laughs> in these situations, well, that's that's a totally different conversation. But I like to use no as a complete sentence or <laughs> yes as a complete sentence where I don't have to describe the answer if I don't want to. Do you know where you're going? Yes.
3: <laughs> that's I'm, it. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm going to
2: go I'm going to go do that thing now. Mm-hmm. If you need to stop me, because that's your job. That's fine. You can do so. And then we'll have a, a further conversation. But I, I don't need to describe to you, hey, well, I've been here before and my friend's inside and I'm just gonna...
3: Yes, I know where I'm going. Thank mm-hmm. you. That makes me think about in the vein of being stopped and questioned. There was... This was sometime last year. I was coming home from work and i just gotten off the metro. I'm walking, walking uh, past some stores and shops and There was a hat that I saw, and I knew I wanted to get this particular hat. So I am super excited about this. I'm like, I'm going in. All I'm doing is going in. I can see the hat from outside. So I'm like, I'm literally just going to go in and I'm going to point at the hat and be like, I want that one. As long as you have it in my size or it's a, a, a snapback, I'm good. So I walk in, and I happen to have my headphones on. I wasn't thinking.
0: Should have been thinking. Yeah. Should have been thinking. <laughs> silly silly
3: that's you. Fault. That's your fault. Silly me. I silly walk you. in with my headphones on. And because I'm coming from work, I also had my bag with me. Mm. So two mistakes mm-hmm. already. Should have known better.
0: And you, sh- you should have never been black. I, I should have
3: never been black. Walking up in this store. <clears throat> so now this is downtown locker room, by the way. And it's uh, everyone that's working there at the time, including the security guard, is black. So I walk in, I literally, I've got my headphones in, I walk right up to the register. I don't walk around, I'm not looking at anything, I, I came in for the hat. Walk right up to the register, I'm, I point at the hat, I say, this is the hat that I want, can I try it on real quick? I take my headphones out, which I should have done beforehand, before I interacted with anybody, take my headphones out, and I'm startled because I look over my shoulder and the security guard is standing right next to me. Now I've got my bag on my back, my headphones in, I'm taking them out, and she goes, you can't wear your bag in here. Uh, and then she said, "I need your bag. I need." Uh, it was either I need your bag or you have to give me your bag.
0: <laughs> Run your shit.
3: And I just said, "Nope." Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Stores like that. Nope. Which, I
1: I don't fucking need to shop here.
3: And then I said, I, "Why? I you can't have my bag." And she was like, "Why not?" I said, "Because it's my bag. You can't have it." And she said, "Well, you can't. You can't shop here. Then
1: you can't have my money." And I was like,
3: <laughs> "All right, done." And then as I was walking out, I was just like, I don't need this shit. And I was so angry. And I remember. And it's only certain neighborhoods that that happens. It's like an assumed You know how you were talking about, uh, Jason, you were talking about how you had all these things that came to you afterwards that you wish you would have said in the moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> like yo I should have said blah 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 and it set it off and walked it yeah, nobody gonna yeah, treat like a nigga, especially not a black right. person up in this right, mother, right, right. <laughs> didn't say none of that shit it's, I was, just, I did, I just walked. Out. I was like, I don't need this shit, and yeah. I walked out. And then I, and I left a terrible Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most, how you... the most terrible, the most scathing Yelp hard, review. I went hard in the pain. <laughs> yeah.
1: Our aunts and uncles did boycotts. We do Yelp reviews. Yelp reviews. That's right.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Blacklight. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at blacklightpod. That's black, L-I-T-E, pod. If you have a topic, idea, or feedback you'd like to share with us, you can hit us up at blacklightpodcast at gmail.com.